Hi there, Megan Thompson here with Megan Thompson Coaching. And if you are parenting a sensitive child who is kicking, screaming, yelling, and really struggling with managing their big behaviors, and you tend to fight fire with fire, then listen up. It is time to double down on what works and shift out of this dynamic for good. Hello, and welcome to How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. I'm your host, Megan Thompson, licensed clinical professional counselor and registered play therapist supervisor. We at MTC teach parents how to eliminate the daily meltdown and shutdown cycle for your sensitive children and teens. Highly sensitive children make up 15 to 20% of the population, according to research that has been gathered for over a century. And this podcast answers one question. How can you raise emotionally intelligent children? Stop walking on eggshells and help your child express their needs safely without punishments, yelling, or coddling. If you wanna know the answer, you're in the right place. Now, a kiddo who is struggling with managing their big emotions is going to demonstrate big, intense behaviors, right? Now, those intensive behaviors might be internal where your child is shutting down and refusing and really having quite the hard time with communicating where, you know, it's knock, 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 who's there, try to pull things out of your kiddo and uh, get them to follow through on answering you about their, their emotional intensity and telling you what's really bothering them. Or you might experience a child who is exploding, right? Like uh, daily meltdowns, losing it, or you find yourself walking on eggshells because no matter what, you can't get anything right. Your kiddo is just chop, chop, let's go. Everything's gotta be perfect and I need to exactly to, everything to work out exactly the way that I am expecting or else, right? And if you find yourself responding to your child's behavior that you'd view as de- demanding with demanding back, you know, wait a minute, hang on, who's boss, right? At the end of the day, even if that reactivity is after a long time of trying to be patient, I want us to dive into this focus today because as a human being with needs and expectations like you are as a parent, it is totally relevant that if you are stuck and and a-okay that you're stuck in this meltdown cycle with your child. And uh, here at MTC, we help parents bust out of that cycle in as little as eight weeks, right? So it is so important and crucial to know that when you are using your own emotion management skills, it is easier for you to be patient with your kiddo. And yet, if you have a a lot of uh, experience being the boss or being highly effective, being very, and you highly value efficiency, where you expect uh, everything to move smoothly and when it doesn't, it feels initially frustrating and that's part of your personality, then this can be harder to manage day in and day out without a certain specific set of tools, right? So I wanna, I wanna talk about what you might've already tried to turn this around and where you might be stuck, right? Because one of the things that we know as parents is that we're raising children. That means that kids are not going to be perfect. They're, it's gonna get messy, it's gonna feel hard, right? So the first couple of years of parenting a sensitive kid who seems to uh, you know, have an have a emotional intensity from zero to 60 and then to 90 and then to 100 and boiling over, uh, might have you feeling like this this is going to pass and you, you might presume that you can just white knuckle your way through by trying to stay patient and holding in your tongue and choosing not to yell or, or get frustrated. 
you might have been really, really good at that by around the age of two, three, maybe even four. And then once four rolls around and you notice that your child is not able to manage their behavior at the developmentally expected level and your child is still having meltdowns beyond age four on a daily basis or multiple times a day basis, I don't care who you are and how patient, you can be Mother Teresa, how patient you are, it is going to eventually wear on you right? Because this dynamic is demonstrating a clear skill set for you that needs to shift and a skill set for your child that needs to shift. And so you, you, you're you likely trying to figure this out, right? Do I need to implement more structure? Does my child, uh, is my child capable of tolerating emotion management skills? Do I need to be stronger? Maybe my kiddo needs traditional parenting. I didn't feel aligned with that at the beginning because I feel like my kid needs to learn how to manage their emotions on their own. So I didn't really want to use external motivators like sticker charts and, and timeouts and counting to three or anything like that, right? doesn't matter where you fall in your initial philosophy of parenting, but at some point when your kiddo starts losing it, in your heart you know that it's not effective to use external motivators like that, but you might have eventually th- gone in, um, in that direction, or you might have a spouse who is more leaning to that and you're starting to wonder, well, is my method ever going to really work? So maybe I should start to listen to my spouse and, and, and move in that direction, right? So you're, the, the doubt creeps in. You start to doubt yourself. You start to doubt your own sense of personal empowerment as an adult in a home where you don't feel safe, right? Now, I'm not necessarily speaking entirely about physicality. Obviously, if your kid's hitting you, there is a part of you that feels unsafe in that dynamic. But I'm talking about psychological safety. If your child is losing it on a daily basis and you don't know how to help your child, that feels psychologically unsafe. Unsafe. You might feel inadequate as a mom or inadequate as a dad, feeling incapable of breaking out of this pattern, though it is unlikely you feel inadequate in every avenue of your life, right? And it's drastically impacting your ability to get to work or to engage in friendships and, and uh, to, you know, contribute to your community, go to church, whatever. And so what happens is that there's the separation between yourself as a parent when you're at the end of your rope and yourself in general, right? And uh, it, it becomes this secret, right? For this, this shameful experience when your child is having a meltdown over and over and over again, because you know, as a parent, you're a problem solver, you're effective. I mean, many of our clients or 70% of them work in the helping field, you know, teachers, doctors, nurses, therapists, right? And so that means that you might even have a a sense of understanding of what it takes to be a parent who is raising an emotionally intelligent child in today's world. And you might be even very effective at advising other people who don't have highly sensitive kids at solving this problem for their own home. And yet in your home, your child is struggling and they might be only struggling in your home. They might be demonstrating safe behavior in um, in the school setting or at scouts. You know, we hear this all the time. And what happens is that eventually starts to wear on you. You start to wonder. You start to decrease your child's world. You start to decrease the amount of opportunities that you give your child to experience the day-to-day world at some point, right? And you might be wondering whether or not it's even worth it to go to the park. If your kid takes 30, 20 to 30 minutes to get out the door uh, because they have an interest in something else and and, uh, they don't realize 
what's happening around the corner in the future, right? And they're not able to put themselves into the future. They're staying so locked in to the can't, won't, no way that they start to get demanding. Now, you can decide to completely back off on all demands and start being, you know, there's a trend on uh, low demand parenting. There's, a, there's especially with big picture thinkers, uh, children who are visionary, who have very, you know, noticeable, they're able to notice small details. They're very wise. You might think that that means that your child can't handle demands and you need to back off. Now, Part of you realizes that that's not necessarily sustainable long-term in society. Your child is going to need to tolerate uh, any given day where there's a rule, even if they don't want it. So there needs to be exposure to expectations. And uh, part of you also wants to relate to the world the way that most of the world is designed. Um, you might want to be able to get to work on time because setting no demands means that you would have to homeschool or setting no demands would mean you'd need to be late uh, or that you would need to cancel a lot of expectations. And then the question becomes, when does my kid end up doing their own laundry and putting themselves to bed, right? And and not being able to see that so uh, creates a frustration, right? And, and so... Um, this swings you to the other end of the pendulum where you say, you know what, you know, my kid needs to suck it up. Real world's happening right now. They need to learn. They need to learn how to tolerate because I want my child to not just survive childhood. I want them to thrive in childhood because if they're not focusing on thriving now, then we'll be, we'll be focusing on surviving in adolescence. So then your, your, your mind, you might wonder, <sighs> Do I just need to create this regimented stru structure and, and uh, expectation where I'm the boss and my kiddo needs to listen, especially if they're thinking that they're the boss and they're telling me what to do every dang minute? <laughs> now, if you're anything like me, regimented structure is, is not your favorite thing. <laughs> Personally, I have people around me that help me stick to a schedule and a structure and I... Um, and, and that works for me, but I, I prefer her to be spontaneous within reason, right? I mean, we get up at a general amount of time. I do my morning practices and, and I uh, set my values and expectations for myself so that I can be the best parent that I can be and, and uh, lead the team here and do what I need to do. And it's also true that I appreciate variety. So um I don't have, you know, strict stringent rules in a lot of my days, uh, especially not in parenting. I tend to prefer to go with the flow. And in raising a sensitive kiddo who has emotion management skills, that's really, really useful. And one of the things that we find with our clients is that once you learn these skills, you can do whatever you want on the whim of a Saturday or a Sunday in the regular everyday routine. Your child can ebb and flow and you don't necessarily need to uh, be entirely in control of their environment as a um, uh, as a parent. You can ha have them, you know, go to full time school or um, si sign them up for activities and and all kinds of opportunities available to you. And it really is um, uh, the the world is your oyster in this respect because every family is different and every family has different needs. And so what I find to be most effective to highlight this is, is really noticing that uh, it's not effective to fight fire with fire.
as much as I would love to do that. Um, I think my my deep innate trait is to be the boss. Um, I think it, it really does set everything up for failure. And I, it's certainly not the way that I parent. And uh, it's not the way that I think is, is most useful. Uh, but it's also what I find is that when parents are able to slow down, when you know when we teach our clients to slow down in order to speed up, you can teach your child to stop self-sabotaging too because it doesn't feel good to vent your emotions all over the ones that you love. So your kiddo doesn't feel good trying to be in control of every single thing. Uh, they don't feel good not being able to solve their own problems. They're miserable in that. And when you really truly decide that your child is miserable um, being quote unquote the boss or trying to to expect themselves to be in charge of everything that's so much pressure for a seven eight nine year old I mean it, it is just um, the high level of irritability that you need to carry all day long in order to present yourself as somebody who is irked by every single thing I mean that's just miserable it's miserable life right so when you decide no child was put on this earth to be miserable, your child is no different, then you get to decide that your child's behavior right now is not their personality. It's a symptom of the meltdown cycle that your family is in. And so what, what we get to do now is then decide, okay, great, let's break us out. <laughs> let's bust out of this prison here. And I want to focus on what works to do that. First things first, we just did that. You got to change the way that you're looking at your kid's behavior. You got to change um, your presumption of your child's personality and their demeanor. And you got to look at this from, uh, from a lens of understanding uh, neuroscience and your child's capacity for change. And uh, you need to play. You need to change how you react with your child. You need to be playful with your child. You need to respond differently to your child's emotional intensity so that your child follows you and feels capable of having choices in their life without <sighs> deciding their choices to refuse, All right? So this is really important when we think about um, children who are perceived to have demand problems, um, avoidant of demands, or children who are considered oppositional or strong-willed or um, uh perseverative, or any, any sort of negative label word to characterize their behavior, right? Um, instead, what we want to do is look at uh, non-pejorative language to help you see that your kiddo is struggling with skill gaps. They don't know how to communicate effectively. They're having a hard time demonstrating the empathy that they feel inside. They have a really big uh, challenge managing frustration, overwhelm, and disappointment, to name a few. So when you look at it like that, uh, then you can completely change, right? We go from, obviously, if you think about the world as a glass half empty, you won't be able to solve the problem. You'll just be sucking it dry. And then it goes away, right? But if you look at the, the glass as half full, then there's more to pour in. Then you can meet your child's needs differently. Now, I know that you are typically an optimistic thinker, which is great. And in this dynamic, it's likely really taken a toll. Um, so that means that obviously your your own perception of what you're capable of needs to change. You are the change agent for your child. You are raising a sensitive kiddo. That means that they are only going to change through you. So your ability to be playful, your ability to change how you perceive your kid, super critical to highlight and uh, to shift first before you start teaching your child without shame. Now, 
you and I both know that yelling at your child creates a dynamic where you your child feels shameful or telling your child that you're in charge the entire time uh, by saying, nope, we're going to do it this way and I don't want to hear it and here's the expectation and this is just exactly how it's going to go and no ifs, ands, or buts and do you want to know what's the reason, you know, what, what's the consequence if you don't follow through, right? All of that keeps your kid on a leash and boxed in and uh, it's reactive for you because you got to be in more control and you're trying to fight fire with fire, right? So we want to slow that down. We want to decrease that need for your child as well as decrease that need for you to have to have every single thing go the way that you want. And um, then you can teach your child without shame because in that dynamic, you're showing your child they don't know what they're talking about. They don't know how to manage their behavior. So you need to manage their behavior. And that ends up perpetuating the cycle and you feel like crap when that happens, right? Um, You don't like parenting this way. And so I want you to to really focus on this week laying down that belief that you need to over control your kid. Um, No, they can absolutely change this dynamic. You need to teach them strategically, right? You need to help their brain focus on resilience and uh, playfully focusing on being capable of changing their behavior. And then being able to do that more effectively is going to be is going to be critical. All right. So I truly, truly hope that you have the opportunity to dive into this concept this week effectively. If you want more support for that and you haven't watched our masterclass, go to uh, meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash five steps and really dive in to the five shifts that are, are necessary to bust out of this pattern. You have to be clear on what it takes to change the dynamic. And if you have moved through our shifts and you're are still at the end of your rope, then I encourage you to get get on the line with our team, right? But first today, we're going to highlight our free masterclass. Let's go ahead and uh, get after it. All right. Uh, speak to you soon on our next show. And again, go to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash five steps. And we look forward to speaking with you. Bye now. Thanks for joining me for this episode of How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. We release a brand new episode every week, so be sure to click subscribe. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in hearing more about how to eliminate the meltdown cycle, I invite you to check out our free masterclass where we cover the five steps our clients use to eliminate the daily meltdowns. You can register for the next training at meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash five steps. That's the number five S-T-E-P-S meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash five steps. Have a great day.